0: Hello, everybody. Bob Oxley here. It's time for tips, topics, issues, and positions. And uh, today, it's uh, the topic uh, is going to be on Gay Pride, LGBTQ plus. I'm getting I'm getting used to doing this. Very now. nice. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. And I want to welcome back uh, Katie Perkins, uh, who's been on our show once before, and uh, I was made aware that. Uh, she just had something published, and so I said, come on back here to the studio. We want to talk about what you're talking about in this, this uh, article that just got released. So welcome back, Katie Perkins.
1: Thank you. Thank uh, you for having me back again. <laughs> all
0: right. Well, it's June, and June's Pride Month. I just uh, came from, uh, flew back from Detroit on Delta Airlines, and their uh, monthly uh, magazine that you get in the flap in front of your seat there uh, is all dedicated to the LGBTQ uh, pride in all of their investment in the pride events throughout the country uh, during this month. And uh, I, I was just totally impressed with their commitment. And so ironically, I'm made aware of an article that you've put out that has something to do with that. So anyway, welcome back. Thank you. <laughs> uh, can I? What I would like to do is I'd like to take some excerpts from some questions based from your article that just got published. Can okay. I, can I do that? Absolutely. All Go right. for it. Fantastic. It's fresh in your mind, and it, I'm sure it's going to be interesting for our listeners. And uh, my, my thing after this Delta Airline experience here in the last few days was I really, I'm ignorant, I really didn't realize the amount of corporate commitment there is to... Uh, This community, Mm -hmm. yeah, it's just uh, and that's that's real, that's fantastic. So, um, here we go. I'm going to start off. This is your article. I'm just going to pull right out of this. This is. Can you tell us a bit about yourself and how you came to found the LGBTQ plus workplace?
1: Yeah, absolutely. So, as you mentioned, my name is Katie Perkins. Uh, I identify as a lesbian, and I came out at a pretty young age, around 17. You know, just getting ready to head off to college and. Started really getting involved in the community and trying to meet other people, you know, like myself and find where those communities are. So sort of doing a lot of volunteering with grassroots, nonprofit groups, and and just getting out there and doing the work and, you know, bringing attention and awareness to some of the lack of equality uh, that's centered around the LGBTQ plus population. Um, fast forward, you know, I went into healthcare, did about 10 years in that career and said, you know what, this is great, this is really fulfilling work, but... I feel like I need to be doing more, uh, you know, and this is my passion. This is, these are my people. This is, you know, this is who I am. And people have fought, you know, for years and years before me to allow me to sit in front of you and be as open and have the life that I have now. So I want to keep furthering that momentum and furthering that cause. And so went back to school, got, got a business degree and... Then started focusing on diversity and inclusion in the workplace and how I can make a difference there. Cause I do love business and all the ins and outs of it. And just found there's a big need in business. Like you said, a lot of people just are unaware. They go, oh, well, I didn't realize, you know, what things are lacking, whether it be, you know, policies in the workplace, the language that's written or even healthcare options and things like that um, where people are missing the mark when it comes to the LGBTQ community.
0: Very interesting. How ironic. Uh, this article comes out, I just get off the plane uh, Delta airlines and their, their, their whole magazines promoted. And it's exactly, I said, I've got to call Katie and see if she could get into the studio. Cause I want to talk about this. Yeah. I was this like,
1: is, by the way, I just did an interview yesterday uh, yeah. with 1111 talent group out of Vancouver BC. Wow. And so, yeah, the next day you call me and I'm like, hey, we're right on point. <laughs> yeah. But we do see a lot of that around, like you said, around June, centered around Pride Month, people really go, okay, let's look at our initiatives. How are we doing? What can we do? Where can we be involved? And that's where, like you said, a lot of the sponsorships from the corporations come in.
0: And that's where Delta Airlines really focused. Mm-hmm. They'd mentioned about June. They went through a number of the events nationwide, which I thought was really unique. Right. This is fantastic. Um, let me see here. It says here, what does diversity and inclusion mean for the modern workplace? This is from your article again.
1: Yeah, so like you said, it's a very um, sought-after topic right now in the workplace, um, not just for HR individuals, you know, the professionals who are involved in human resources, but also just startups, small businesses. Um, so I always like to differentiate between diversity and inclusion because oftentimes they get thrown together, yes. and people think, oh, they're the same. D&I, you know, diversity and inclusion. Did you see
0: that? In your article, you had D&I, you know, like said. Now, is that is that a new acronym we're going to get used to? But I, but you, we should keep them separate.
1: Is yeah, right? actually, I prefer DEI, Diversity, Equity, and Inclusion, ah. because in order to get to the inclusion piece, you do have to figure out those equity pieces and where you can level up um, the table there. Okay. Yeah, so DEI, or you might see it as DNI, but essentially we're talking about diversity and inclusion. So diversity is just getting that mix of um, different backgrounds, different identities, all these different people brought to the table. So they have different resources, backgrounds, identities, um, just different personalities as well. Um, And then the inclusion piece is actually making sure they feel welcome, making sure that you retain those employees. So making sure there are policies and programs in place that make them feel supported. And again, that equity piece, making sure that that there's a level playing field for them too. Again, things like health insurance, policies, yeah.
0: So that goes from the diversity and really the bridge is the equity part. Right. Because when you get to the I, the inclusion, side of it, they should, it should be in place Mm -hmm. and it should be no question whatsoever. But your job, I'm assuming that your job that you've identified for yourself, at least your, your mission here is to make sure that equity piece, Right. Identify the diversity, yes. Yeah, So
1: absolutely. So I created this uh, consulting group. We have online courses for people to take. Again, it's for anybody and everybody. Just get on the website, 24 hours a day, you can take a course to learn more about, okay, how can you support your trans employees? How can you support your LGBTQ employees? What language should your policies have in them to be inclusive? You know, should you have a list, uh, an option for pronouns? Should you be collecting these identity markers like gender identity, you know, gender identity, sexual orientation, gender expression, all of those pieces?
0: Okay, so go ahead, let's do a self promo here. What's the email address? How can people? Oh, uh, get
1: yeah. So I, I founded this, this company called the LGBTQ Workplace Education Center. Okay. So you can just go to lgbtqworkplace.com and you'll find all the information there. That's we do right. social media, so mostly Instagram. You can follow us on there. I do little tips and information, things to really make people think. You don't know, go, oh, you know, I never really thought about that. Let me look at my company, let me look at my business, and see if we are meeting the needs.
0: That's fantastic. Yeah. That's great. Okay. Uh, well, let me move forward here. It says here that, uh, it says consumers are also doing the research and are looking for brands that are socially responsible. So is that a real movement or is I, this is part of your article again, when you made that statement, um, do we, is it, we're so polarized nowadays in this country. Is it, is that a real, are you really seeing consumers? making determinations on product and brands based on their perceived equity for the workers for that corporation? Yeah,
1: absolutely, Um, especially with newer businesses. So we're looking at, you know, the last 5, 10 years, um, all these new startups. Again, they're really considering that, okay, what is our corporate social responsibility piece? Like, how are we going to give back? It's great to buy this product, so I can buy product A or I can buy product B. Product A, you give them 20 bucks, you get the product. Product B, maybe you give them 20 bucks, and $2 goes towards this nonprofit. Or for every purchase that you buy, they then give a free one to someone in a, a country that is in need of those products. Okay, fantastic. So, same $20, oh. you know, <laughs> same products, but there is a social – again, the consumers then feel like they're also contributing with their dollars to these causes. So
0: can I make a – just is there a generalization that the millennials are more sensitized – because we've just reached forty years of age for the the oldest millennial, uh,
1: more aware of yeah more, more aware, aware of, of it more, more sense
0: they would be more when we're talking about consumers, they would be more apt to make a determination to purchase a product that would be advantageous towards some policy that would be address certain diversity equity and in, inclusion
1: absolutely they want to feel good about their purchases, you know
0: you know I've heard that, but now you you've done <laughs> your homework obviously i I've heard that, but I'm glad you uh, said, that yeah, it's really happening. Mm-hmm. Okay. You can, sometimes you read these things in articles. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. Yeah. But it's really happening. That's great. Um, here's the next This is coming from your article. I love this. This, is, <laughs> this makes my life so easy. I can't believe it. Okay. How can companies ensure they are living and breathing their D E I policies?
1: Yeah. So that's so, you can get pretty in depth with this conversation, so
0: keep going. A, lo- a lot you're on the air. So
1: a lot of companies, you know, they want to look good and they say, okay, yeah, we, we' have a policy, you know, we have anti-discrimination, anti-harassment policies in place. Our LGBTQ employees are protected, and then that's it. you know, it's in a it's in a folder somewhere on a shelf and they go, okay, we have this policy, it's in place and they think the work is done. Um, but again, to really live and breathe that diversity, equity, and inclusion piece, you're then checking in with those employees. You're putting programs in place. You know, a lot of businesses do employee resource groups, um, ERGs, and so that's sometimes they're called affinity groups, um, where groups of workers can get together um, related to a certain cause or maybe a certain identity, and they can do meetups, and then they plan events. And so, you know, it might be their job to help the company see, okay, here's where we're missing the mark. Let's bring in people to do a discussion panel and help educate our employees um, so that they can then provide better products and better customer service to our clients who might be LGBTQ as well. Okay. So having all these programs and, and really ideas behind that policy or that blank statement.
0: Okay. Are, is it, it's not just the major corporations, but well, do you think that it's the new companies that are being, the entrepreneurs being more millennial oriented, will be more sensitized, and kind of like the older group that's not major corporation, they're the ones that are lacking or unaware or that's not the way we've done it in the past we're not going to change is that where you saw the pushback on this but you're seeing a movement from the millennial entrepreneurs yeah is that what we're seeing yeah there's okay.
1: uh like you said a lot of research coming out that you can find pretty much on you know any of these credible websites that you know like fast company and uh you know different magazine articles are always putting out publications about this especially this time of year
0: yeah in june's the big month
1: right? right that's where we get a lot of recognition and that's the other piece, like you said, how can you really be living and breathing it? Is if your company is supporting these employees throughout the year and not just the month of June.
0: You made a, you mentioned in your article. It says the 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 DEI. I'm going to use your okay. <laughs> policies uh, to put programs in place, allow employees a voice to be heard. But the pe- the feedback from your own employees is simple to gather, but is extremely enlightening. But it says make sure you analyze this feedback and act on it. It's one thing to get the information. The other thing is if you have an administration that, uh, how can I put this, their, their, their business plan, the, the, the way administration works is let's let them think that they're involved and we're going to listen to them, even though in the back of their minds they're not going to change at all or the policy that they've got they're going to retain or the policy that may be counter to what the employees want. And just because I think I think the idea there is that if you let your employees think that they're involved, that's enough. So yeah, are like you, you, are a business expertise, and is that is that what you're running into some of that out there?
1: Right, that's what I said. Yeah, in that yeah. article, was a lot of the clients that we're working with. The employees go, they want to say that they get it, and they want to say that they've got great diversity and inclusion. Um, but when it comes down to it, they don't take our suggestions. We've been telling them for years. Can we get this? Can we implement this? This would be very easy. And just it's like talking to a wall. And so one of the big things is that you have to have buy-in from leadership. You have to have, whether it be managers, C-suite, all the above. I mean, it has to be a whole team effort to really bring that
0: into the the, workplace. Correct me if I'm wrong and help me with this one. This is where the problem is. Because I've I've talked to enough uh, uh, administration types in various corporations, and that's the game. The game they're playing now, and it's worked, is the lot, let the employee think that they're involved, let them come up with some suggestions, uh, make a comment to them saying this is a very admirable uh, set of uh, requ- uh, requisitions or, or ideas that you've come up with, and let us do some thinking and see what we're, where we can implement these. And then it goes off into vapor land somewhere
1: years down the road you go hey what about that conversation we had unfortunately that is the reality in some workplaces and again it's all about that education and valuing you know and one thing that speaks to these businesses is we talk about retention numbers we talk about how expensive it is to lose employees you want your employees to be happy healthy you know you're thinking about their well-being and then they will stay you know so
0: so let me ask you a question from um, an employee standpoint that's involved that's wants to take a proactive approach. They're involved in a number of committees. Um, they make recommendations to the administration. How do you know, or how can you find out if the administration really is buying into this, or is it just lip service? How do you, wh- is there a technique, something they should do should they be more forceful? And again, in that situation, am I jeopardizing my job? <laughs> you know, all kinds of things go on. So
1: Yeah, and it depends on people's comfort level. But one thing I do is I look at did they actually implement something? Did they make this become part of their strategy for the next three years um, or their business strategy? Did they incorporate under diversity and inclusion, do they have goals under there, tangible goals? Hey, we would like to meet this goal, this goal, this goal. So unless I see that in written form, I'm not going to buy it. Unless I see programs in place, again, not going to buy it until I can see tangible things that have come from those conversations. And then
0: maybe subsequent committees being formed to take it to the next level. If right. those aren't happening, that's a pretty good indication that uh, this was we're spinning our wheels on this one. Right. Interesting. Okay. Okay. Here we go. Here's, here's something else. Okay. It says, How can employees feel empowered in moments when they feel that the DEI isn't being honored?
1: That's a really tough question. In some cases... Truth be told, maybe it's not possible for them if they say, look, you're not honoring diversity, equity and inclusion means you're not honoring me as a person. I can't work for you. But like I said, you know, I encourage people to have that conversation. It's, a, it's it can be a difficult conversation to have. And, you you know, get your team together and go, hey, I want to have a sit down with you. And these are my concerns. You know, here's where I'm feeling, you know, not welcome in this company or not included or not, you know, considered in whatever it may be. It might be just workplace policies. It might be the products you're delivering, um, any number of things and sit down and, you know, until you have that face to face conversation and they look you in the eyes and, you know, give you the the real answer, you know, that's, that's my recommendation is go to them and go, Hey, here's a solution. Here's the problem I see I'm facing. Here's the solution. What do you think about this? Or benchmark off another company? Hey, you know, our competitor over here, this is what they're doing help meet their employees. They offered me a position over here. This is what they have to offer. You know, Can you match that?
0: Right, and that's good when employment, uh, unemployment is such a low level right now. So uh, this may be a prime time to move forward on this, I would think. Uh, <clears throat> this, is, this is your statement. Uh, quote, my advice to employees would be to arrange to have a meeting where you can express your concerns and offer possible solutions and come prepared with examples. This is what you just said. These are not always easy conversations to have and they take vulnerability, but they are worth it. So your advice, based on your experience in talking to other people that have been in the same situation, is to be straightforward. Yeah. Don't waste
1: any time. Don't waste, you know, two, three years working in this company going, well, I don't think they see me. I don't think they value me. Just cut right to the chase and go, hey, then you know where you stand and then you can make decisions based upon that. It's difficult. Like I said, it's not easy for most people.
0: I know. And then then the other thing you brought out in that statement that I just quoted you on is that you have to do your homework. You have to bring in example. Bring a
1: solution. That makes all the difference. Again, you bring problems to people. They go, that's great. You brought me more problems. But you bring them a problem with a solution, then what are they going to say, right? You're putting it right. It's so easy. Here's your solution. And a lot of times for the diversity equity and inclusion pieces for LGBTQ employees, these are very low-cost solutions, if not free. There are a lot of them that are absolutely free. Oh, that's
0: great. And the other thing that you've done by doing that is you've added credibility to yourselves, your self-esteem, as well as perceived uh, esteem on the part of the administration saying this individual is serious, mm-hmm. uh, this is a problem that was uh, with some resolutions to that problem right week, and you're making my life easier so you're thinking through this so that's really a could be a, a positive spin right I'm trying to
1: help the company I'm pointing out you know a, an area that you might not be aware of and instead of just piecing out giving my notice leaving and not saying why not giving you any details hey ahead of time I'm, I'm trying to work with you I'm trying to help you you know maybe I'm passionate about this business I really don't want to leave but this is this is may, might be something that might be a deal breaker for me
0: that's fantastic yeah okay moving forward okay said so, how can organizations recognize Pride Month, which is, for the most part, June? This is from your article.
1: Yeah, there are so many different things. So I try to, you know, give a good mix of things. One of the important pieces that we talk about in Pride Month, the LGBTQ community, we can see right through, again, those surface-level statements or those surface level items so this time of year you see a lot of companies putting out rainbows on everything rainbow shoes rainbow shirts rainbow donuts uh, rainbow soda cans i just saw a coca-cola ad yesterday all the different colors of the rainbow we see you we support you um so you'll see a lot of that but from our community we're looking for okay but what else it's easy to slap a, a rainbow on something or to slap a sticker or to wear a badge for a week um, again, we're looking for, okay, let's get on your website, let's look at some of your mission statements and some of your diversity, equity, and inclusion commitments, and are they matching up? In there, does it specifically say LGBTQ? Or are you just doing some broad, oh, we, we really you know value diversity? Okay, but what do you do specifically for these different groups within your organization? So we do our research. We, we look into it. Um, another thing we look for is, If you are creating these products um, for Pride Month, are you then giving a percent back to the community? So you say, hey, you know what? We made these uh, rainbow tennis shoes. But every purchase, we're going to give 10 percent back to this nonprofit, either statewide or nationwide. And so then, again, there's a little bit more credibility to a little bit more um, genuineness behind what they're doing versus just making money.
0: And so you have to do your homework. Right, You're gonna-
1: I'm I'm cautious. I look and I go, okay. Let me let me do some more research because this time of year, people are out there to make money, and they go, hey, we can sell more of these if we slap rainbows on them in the month of June. Go for it.
0: And that's exactly if you go to the to the social media, right. I mean, there's pages of rainbow flags, rainbow shoes, like you were saying, and everybody's out to make a buck, right. And there's no commitment whatsoever, right. In a lot of these, they're just taking advantage of a marketing and. Branding situation, mm-hmm. exploiting it, in other
1: words. Right. So you ask so the bigger question, sorry, I got a little sidetracked there, but the bigger question you ask is what can places do? The biggest thing I say is use your platform. So you have all these resources within your business, you have all these people that can do the research and put presentations together. Do some educational pieces for your workers. A lot of them might not know what pride means. They go, you know, I have no idea. You know, they make assumptions and then they make opinions formed on, you know, those assumptions. But um, so yeah, do some education. Um, access something online, you know, an article. Bring in speakers in person. Do trainings. Um, There's so many options out there to bring people in and, and just help get everybody on the same page, education-wise.
0: So, um, you, education for your own employees, education for those that are part of the community. Right. It, it, it's uh, because a lot of time you hear the word pride, and there, there you'd be surprised at the large percentage, at least in the conservative states. Uh, they don't understand what that really means. Right. They so, think
1: it's just just big uh, flaunting, like, "Hey, this is I'm I'm gay and I'm pr-, you know a big party." But actually, it's it stems back to this is actually the 50th anniversary of the Stonewall riots in New York, and that's what it all relates back to. June 28th, 1969. That's when it all kicked off. When they yeah. said, "You know what? We've had enough. We're going to riot in the streets until we get some equality, until we start, you know, being treated humanely." I mean, if you want to look at it that way, um, and so. Again, these Pride months, these Pride weeks are all stemming back to that. There's still work that needs to be done in the community, and now it's, it, it's considered more of a, a peaceful protest in, in most uh, opportunities. Like I was just in the Pride parade in Salt Lake City, and you sign a waiver. You know, it's, it's a peaceful protest by you walking in that parade. So it is still very much political, and there is you know, meaning behind it. It's not just a big party in the streets with rainbows.
0: Yeah. And I, I was just like I say in Detroit. Detroit just had theirs also. Oh, OK. Guess, yeah. So, uh, but uh, nationwide, are you seeing is these are these pride parades. OK. Are they uh, hitting the mark where they're getting the necessary recognition and recognition uh recognition of the community itself, the gay community itself? Or is it just outsiders looking, says, OK, there they go for one event and that's it.
1: I think it depends on some of the cities, too. Some of the cities, you know, it's, like you said, in the larger ones, Chicago, L.A. I mean, I've, I've gone to many number of festivals. And then you compare it to the smaller towns, like here in St. George, we have a festival, um, which a lot of people might not know about. We don't necessarily do a parade, but, again, we're bringing awareness, bringing education, bringing that community together. A lot of people move here, and they go, hey, where's the community? Where do I find these people? Other areas, there might be gay bars and things like that. And that's where you can go. Okay, I can go here, or community centers. And so we're working on that. And so part of that is connecting with others. And in that moment, you know, bringing visibility, bringing awareness and going like, hey, this is, we're not talking about five people here. We're talking about thousands upon thousands of people.
0: Yeah. And the St. George event is when, where? It's in the park, isn't it?
1: Yeah. So we do it at Vernon Worthen Park. Right. And this is going to be in September. So we do it when it's a little bit cooler. So you'll notice some groups are straying from that original June month uh, to honor Stonewall because of the heat. I mean, you know, triple digit heat out in the park all day. Um, So we do ours in September, so that's with Pride of Southern Utah. I serve on their steering committee. You can get all the details at prideofsouthernutah.org. It's a week-long celebration, so we do nightly events leading up to the festival on Saturday. So it'll be September 15th to the 21st. 21st is a big day with the festival at Vernon Wortham Park. And, you know, family fun, all ages.
0: I've been there. It's great. Okay, listen, I just got the high sign. We're going to take a short break. Ladies and gentlemen, don't go away. Uh, Katie Perkins has a lot more to tell us uh, when we get back, but uh, we're going to take a short break here and we'll be right back uh, after these important messages. So don't go away. Katie Perkins is standing by with great information. Okay. Bye-bye. Welcome back everybody. This is tips, topics, issues, and positions. And we're going to continue with our discussion with Katie Perkins and concerning the LGBTQ plus like daddy, Uh and all the events and all things based on an article that she just put out. And I'm, I'm really, I'm picking off of that article that just was published. Uh, bye, Katie. And uh, welcome back. Here we go for phase two. All right. All right. Thank you. Let me start off. We, we ask a question about um, how can organizations recognize Pride Month? And then in your article, you actually have, you said there's really five ways uh, that your organization can recognize Pride Month. And that might be interesting, for, especially for those people with medium size or small-sized uh, companies out there. Uh, and employees to bring it to their uh, management's um, attention. But uh, can you get, can you discuss a little bit about each of those five ways that they can get involved?
1: Yeah, absolutely. So I tried, like I said, there are many number of ways. I tried to pick five. I tried to, you know, spread it around a little bit on ideas. Okay. So one of them being participate in a pride festival. Like we said, a lot of the smaller communities um, host them. Or in your state, absolutely, you can definitely find a, a big festival. Um, So you can get involved. You can be a a part of the parade itself and March and, you know, make T-shirts for your company and, you know, just show people, hey, we see you. We support you. We're here as a business. You know, here's what we do. We're friendly. Come see us if you need whatever it is that, you know, you're selling. Um, The other big thing is sponsorships. So, again, like we mentioned, a lot of these, if not all, I I would say 99.9% of these groups that host these festivals are nonprofits. So, they're out there fundraising. They're all volunteers, uh, just like us with Pride of Southern Utah. Completely volunteers. No one gets a dollar. It all goes right back in the community. So, with these sponsorships, you can cover things like, hey, we want to cover the banners for this year. You know, maybe we're a sign printing company. Let's let's cover those banners. Or, you know, we're a stage company. Or, you know, some p- people will do sponsorship levels and various sponsorship levels. Or, you know, you sponsor the stage for this event or the movie theater for that event. And, again, then you're listed as one of the sponsors. Um, so that's one of the easy that's ways.
0: A, that's a w- yeah easy way to get involved. Right. Your name's out there. You're, you uh, are talked about and uh, thanked. Right. So, or if you, ha- participating, that's great.
1: Yeah, and so and that, that means a lot to these groups again. Like I said, they're all nonprofits, so every little bit helps with them with okay, raising their funds. So and you can table a lot of them do have vendors as well. So like up in Salt Lake City they had a number of vendors if you're selling a product.
0: And and you mentioned just before the break that in September here in Saint George, Utah. Uh, you're going to have the festival. Right. And so this would be where vendors would be at, the, at just at the Saturday festival. They'd have a booth there that they, Absolutely. Okay. Yeah.
1: Again, on the website, prideofsouthernutah.org, you can get a vendor booth. Um, again, you can sign up as a volunteer. We're always looking for those. Again, it's all volunteer work and uh, creating this community. So That's you great. can have a, a powerful voice there and helping us uh, build the community here. It's still relatively new in St. George. I mean, people have been around, but we're just now kind of coming together and going okay, we need to you know build this community. Yeah, That's great. So the That's Pride great. Festivals, again, those are right in your face in June and September. Vegas does it in October. So, again, we're, we're going into some of the cooler months depending on the region that you live in the country. I understand. Uh, one of the easiest ways. The other ways is host an LGBTQ plus discussion panel. So I love discussion panels because, again, you get to put a face to the name. You get to meet trans individuals. You get to meet non-binary individuals, and they're up on stage in front of you. Um, Depending on the company, some of them use their own employees if they feel comfortable. Others will just bring in specialists, you know, from outside of the area. I personally like a little mix of both. Um, So at least, you know, one person speaking from the company and they can go, here's what it's been like with my experience with this company. And that really hits home when you hear their personal stories and you hear the things they're talking about, you go, oh, okay, now I get it. When I read it in an article, "Eh, I don't necessarily get it. But okay, now that I've met someone and I've heard their story, Totally get it. Totally on board. I agree with you on that. Stories matter. To
0: to have someone from inside the organization saying, this is real life. This is what happened. They can relay a personal experience.
1: Yeah. It's interesting to see the look on the manager's faces when they see some of this and they go, just, you know, mind blown. They're just like, I, you know, had no idea. No. Right. Or just really uncomfortable feeling like, oh, I think they did mention that and we didn't really pursue that. Now I see how big of an impact it made on their life on a day-to-day basis. Yeah, and real stuff.
0: <clears throat> so it's becoming human. Right. It's, it all comes back these to that. problems are human. It's not just a problem. It's a human problem that we have to address. Yeah. And that, I have, that's I have to agree with, I think I'd insist on somebody from inside the organization at least giving a testimonial as a, their own personal experiences within the organization itself.
1: Right. You learn so much. And again, you see how genuine the company is based on if they're willing to do that or not, you know, or they afraid of what's going to be said. So I'm very straightforward about all of it. I say, hey, this is what this will look like if you do this. This is what this will look like if you do that. Yeah.
0: No candy coating. (laughs) That's great stuff. Oh, let's see. Uh,
1: Number three, again, display educational information. So you can include local resources. Um, Here's our local LGBTQ resource centers. Go get involved. Go volunteer. I love it when businesses do a volunteer day. And they say, hey, all these employees, once a year, you get a volunteer day. Go wherever you would like and you get paid for that day, but you're doing community service work.
0: Oh, that's great. And so
1: then you can list some of I these I haven't groups. heard that before. Yeah, it's a newer thing. Yeah, I love it. Again, I, some I've, of these bigger I've companies, newer. Yeah, newer companies. Again, the workplace is evolving very quickly. Um, yeah. And and it's so, all good. It's all good things.
0: So, you guys from the bit that own businesses out there, are you listening <laughs> to this? <laughs> this that's is where the
1: competition comes in. <laughs> yeah, you know? this is new yeah. for
0: me too. So, this is interesting. Okay. Fantastic.
1: So educational information, again, um, even if you just want to provide printouts on the wall that say, hey, here's the history of pride. Here's where it came from. Marsha P. Johnson, uh, trans woman of color, you know, proud black trans woman started these riots. And a lot of times people don't know about this because our history is not printed in the textbooks. Hmm. Like how often in school did you read something about, oh, this is, you know, when I'm learning about different states or regions, oh, this is what happened. And this person happened to be LGBTQ. Doesn't happen. So. Until that happens if you're not connected to the community, you either have to sought this out yourself to know about it you know to be aware of it. Um, so we are starting to see more of that actually the state of California just updated a lot of their curriculum for K12 and they are including LGBTQ history, all age levels there is a, a component in there somewhere in the history about LGBTQ individuals. So as we start seeing that, they, there will be a lot more awareness too. But until then, like you said, a lot of these companies have people that weren't exposed to that in their educational um, careers. Right.
0: A majority right? Were not. And
1: so, again, you can put that up. It doesn't have to be, you know, something that you keep, you know, behind the scenes and someone has to ask for. You want to put it up and display it, and that way if someone wants to go up, grab one, cool. Um, you can include it in your newsletters, your monthly, you know, newsletters that you're putting out. Again, education, just making them be aware of this is why this is important. This is why this is still needed. This is why we as a business support it. Uh, but then doing that backstory of, like, for those of you who don't know, this is where Pride started in New York City in 1969. Interesting. Yeah.
0: Very interesting. Yeah. Okay, that's that's a good one. I like that one.
1: Uh, and we talked about this one. Number four is inviting employees to share their feedback with executives or managers. So, again, getting to that top level, if there is a, a steep hierarchy, is like you, you have to get to those levels, again, to make sure that it's implemented throughout.
0: I just thought of your discussion group, and you have somebody from the inside. I bet you that number four... If they're called out on the carpet on this in front of all these people, that they'll definitely will have an opportunity to provide the problem, which they've already addressed (laughs) and given it to everybody, but they'll also uh, have an opportunity to put together a resolution, a recommendation, and uh, take the heat off the administration for ignoring the problem.
1: Right. And that's why I say, listen to your employees.
0: Absolutely. They will tell
1: you. I could sit there and tell you, you know, if you, you know, if I'm working for you, hey, this would be better, you know. And like but I said, a lot of this doesn't involve a lot of money. People go, oh, we don't have a budget for diversity and inclusion. It's like, if you don't, you're not going to survive as a business in the modern
0: workplace. For the good of the organization. Exactly. So you're not doing for this just to, to cause a problem. What you're doing is to make you aware of the problem and how to resolve that problem for the good of the organization itself.
1: Right. Interesting. So, yeah, listening to those voices is important. Uh, number five there, I said, you know, host an open training so that people can have a better understanding of the LGBTQ uh, culture and identities. So again, a lot of it comes from just lack of knowledge. It's, again, not something that's taught in schools, or you know, it's something that you either need to be connected to the community to know about, or you have to seek it out on your own. And that's part of what I'm trying to do with LGBTQ Workplace, is just get that information out there on a broad scale. Anybody who wants to learn, hey, here's some affordable courses you can take online. Two hours, you learn a ton of information.
0: Right. And with the understanding that, Um, there's some pushback on this with the understanding because you if you're not aware of uh, the LGBTQ uh, plus community um, by just bringing it to their attention you're not trying to make them change their adopted opinion what you're trying to do is make them aware so that they have an understanding and that eventually it'll evolve to making that change when there's overwhelming evidence to support That community, is that?
1: Right, so there are different, you know, I try to meet everybody where they're at. It's tough. I try to meet people where they're at. Okay, here's where you're at and here's your understanding. Let me help you here. Give it some time. You know, again, hearing those stories is huge. Just hearing the voices behind these stories because it's easy for someone to to sling hateful words and to make comments. But until they've met someone who's LGBTQ and had those conversations and, like you said, gotten down on a, a human level with these people, then things change. Yeah,
0: and the cultures themselves. Are so embedded. The subcultures are so embedded. And it's tougher in some areas than others. Right. Okay, you know. Okay. But you have to start somewhere. Okay, right. To moving forward. So.
1: It needs to be talked about. Yeah. yeah.
0: So those are some great suggestions. Thank yeah. you. We, you can get, we can get there, right? Huh? Yeah. Okay. It's easy. Um, here we go. Right out of your article that got, just got published. What are some of the first steps that companies can implement in creating a safer workplace for all? Yeah, uh, now we're into policy,
1: right? Okay. Which I, I, I love combing through policies. One of my favorite <laughs> things is we call it, you know, a discovery meeting. Is I come in and they go, we don't know what we don't know. Here's our stuff, comb through it, and I love doing that and going, okay, language here we could update a little bit, you know. Have you thought about this? Have you thought about that? If you did this, it would be more inclusive to all identities, not you know, just certain ones. And so that
0: let me ask you, um, you personally, when you when you're asked to come in and and uh, consulting. So isn't that ironic? Language is the number one carrier of any culture. So if you go in there and your very first thing you realize that there's a total ignorance as to what the culture and the language is that is affiliated with that culture, the community, the LGBTQ community, that's step one.
1: For me, that's a quick read. If you come into an office, here's our intake form, and I look at it, there's no place for pronouns, you know, there's no markers for any of the other identity pieces that you might be wanting to collect um, as well. Uh, so, yeah.
0: That's, that's the key. That's the start.
1: So then we know, have you thought about that? Have you considered the trans population? Have you considered the non-binary population? Have you considered LGBTQ plus in a broad spectrum, uh, making sure that you know who we are, uh, legal name versus chosen name? Um, a lot of people don't realize how lengthy it is and the process involved in doing a legal name change. You know, it takes one year minimum of waiting, staying in the same county, living in that county for one year before you can even apply. Wow. Then you apply, getting a, fees involved in that. Then there's a court date, and then you go in front of the judge and you say, hey, here's why I want to change my name. And that judge can say yes or no, um, unfortunately. So people, you know, often get frustrated. Why doesn't this person just change their name? And I, I say, hey, do you know what's involved in the legal name change? Well, no, not really. Okay, well, here are some of the things that are involved. This is what, you know. This is why you want to have an option for chosen name.
0: And the subjectivity still at the end when the judge yeah. makes that determination. Mm-hmm. Based it can on be difficult in certain her.
1: regions, as you mentioned. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, so like you were saying, steps that they can implement. One being pronouns, uh, using your pronouns. So on name badges, just include your pronouns. So mine would be, I'm Katie. I use she and her pronouns, um, doing introductions that way. And so people know, hey, okay, you use he, him pronouns, got it. Or maybe... You, Use they, them pronouns. I can't judge that based on just looking at you or l- listening to your name and how it sounds and going, well, that name kind of sounds like this. I should probably use he pronouns. Don't even don't even try to make, you know, those assumptions. Just go, okay, what pronouns do you use? And just make it part of everyday conversation. Name badges, the whole deal.
0: And that's part of an educational process major that's going right. on. That's really catching on, mm-hmm. but it's still t- it still takes a while for people to internalize it, use it correctly. Practice it. Yeah, it takes it, practice.
1: It does but it becomes easy. Yeah, just give it a little time. Okay, um, So using the pronouns. Uh, the other one is having a restroom that everyone feels comfortable using. So um, it might be removing a sign and making it a non-gendered restroom where it just says all users, you know, in a single stall, just making sure everybody has a safe space to use the restroom. The worst thing you want is, and we've heard stories about this, is you're working for, like I said, a bigger corporation that has a lot of money to do things. Um, their employees are then leaving the building, going across the street to a Starbucks or to... Um, a mall to use the restroom Um, because, again, they are more comfortable in a non-gendered restroom. They face, you know, less accusations or whatever it may be. It just might be a comfort thing. And these all-user restrooms, one thing I talk about with them is it's not just to benefit the LGBTQ plus population. It benefits all people. I especially like the ones that say all-user. So then maybe um, you're somebody who needs an assistant with you, another person in the room to help you maybe with your clothing or, you know, some part of that process. Um, And then you no longer are in a public space, bringing that person into a tiny stall, even if it's, you know, labeled accessible stall, it's probably still pretty small. Um, um, So, you know, families oftentimes do want a little more privacy where they can be in there. So you'll see sometimes family restrooms. So again, it's not just benefiting the LGBTQ population, it's benefiting uh, a larger group. So making sure you have either the policies in place that say, hey, everybody here can use the restroom that aligns with their gender identity. And that's how we do this. Um, For those of you who are uncomfortable, you know, you can use a different restroom. Um, That's one thing that we see.
0: Interesting. So when that first was announced through under the Obama administration, it came out saying, I want you people to start considering this and making those changes. And then we've seen it go back a little bit. Yeah. And it was a big
1: thing in the school systems too. It was, hey, mandate this in the school systems. And then when you actually start looking at, are they enforcing it? No one was going around and checking, hey, do you have that restroom in place? It would be, well, they can use the teacher's one, but it's back here. And if they ask, we're probably going to say no. But legally they were saying, oh, we have one.
0: And that's compliance Mm -hmm. and that you always see that. Okay. Mm -hmm. Uh, They always look for the loopholes. Right. Okay. I'm in compliance. Yeah.
1: Yeah. So the restrooms, um, and then, like I said, uh, the easy one, making sure the voices are being heard, give them an opportunity for their voice to be heard. Um, We're not necessarily just talking about a little suggestion box on the desk, but having those real conversations uh, face-to-face matter.
0: And, and, and I guess the, how do you get on the agenda? I guess the biggest problem is how do you get on the agenda so the people that make those decisions actually hear those individual problems?
1: Right. And so a lot of my work, I work with HR, with human resources. Okay. So for a lot of people, that's their first stop. Okay. Again, when you have an issue that comes up in the workplace, uh, whether it be a complaint or not, um, you go to your your representative and you go, hey, here's what's happening. You're in charge of culture. Maybe there there are all these different titles out now, like people, manager, manager. Uh, you know hr is evolving as well and some of the language there but again that's your your contact person so you typically go to them so one of my big goals is to reach those people and if i reach all those hr people then they're the ones that then like you said have that pull more often than the employees Plus to take it to have the next level the chiefs of staff
0: and things like mm-hmm. that they have there contacts
1: meetings with them on a regular basis and yeah so that's why i'm targeting the the hr professionals that's
0: good advice yeah. i'm just thinking how that works it really that's that's the key to get to human resources first because they have all the contacts and you're not going to spin your wheels and meet with the wrong person or the person with not the necessarily authority, the necessary to move this thing forward. HR is the actual, absolutely yeah. essential. They should have your step. back. Yeah. Absolutely. <laughs> all right. Fantastic. Anything else? On that? Uh, those,
1: yeah, those were the, the three simple first steps that I give people. Great. Again, very easy.
0: Are you ready? I'm going to continue on. Okay. <laughs> I love this article. See, I tore, I tore it apart. So okay. <laughs> <laughs> Says, "What's your vi- This is you now. This okay. is your position. Uh, what is your vision for the future of de and I in the workplace?
1: Yeah, and that's that's a pretty big question. It is it's a big question again as society's evolving, as our language is evolving to keep up with society. Our workplaces are then evolving, and it you know, it's a moving train. It's just it's constantly moving forward. We're constantly learning. That's one of the biggest things I can stress is just constantly be seeking out knowledge. Don't necessarily rely on it to come to you. Go seek it out yourself. Because if you wait for LGBTQ knowledge to come to you, it's still so taboo in some regions that, you know, it's not published in the newspapers. It's not published in the magazines. Uh, It will take a long time to trickle down to you. But if you want to be proactive, get out there, you know, and access that information yourself. And so you can be an advocate for yourself, you know, and others around you. Um, But the future of the workplace, I see it as evolving as more into developing these communities. So it's not, oh, this is my workplace. It's more seen as, this is my community. These are, the, these are my community members that I'm working with for this cause. So we'll see a lot of co-working spaces popping up. And they're even making it to St. George. Uh, so these co-working spaces, uh, remote work options, things like that, where you are working you know, in that environment with these other employees. And you might not even be working for the same company, but you're in the same physical space. And so again, it's like a neighborhood. That's kind of how I see it. So. I think of it as evolving into taking care of your neighborhoods, taking care of your community. So looking at your employees and going, this is a community. This is a very, you know, diverse community of different backgrounds. They live in different places, different histories, different resources and, and knowledge levels they bring to the table. Okay, how can we make this community better? What does a community need to survive? Like, what are, what are some of the basic needs that a community? So stop looking at it as a workplace and thinking in that mindset and thinking of it as a living, breathing community. Like, this is a community. How can we help make that thrive? And focusing on that instead of some of the amenities, like, oh, we have a rooftop balcony, and we do happy hour every Friday, and you can drink a beer at work, and all of those things, they're trying to really get out there, especially to young workers entering the workforce, and they go, oh, this is awesome. You know, they get a foosball table in the basement, and I can drink a beer after 4 p.m. on Fridays, and all these different things, but at the end of the day, are you truly feeling welcome there, or is that just some, you know— some fun things that are they're throwing out there as extras, you know, like apartment complexes. These are the extra amenities, and well, this one has two more than that one. Maybe I'll go with this one, uh, but at the end of the day, are they actually connecting and engaging with one another on that teamwork level? So for me, coming to the workplace, I'm not going to be able to bring my best work forward unless I feel that I'm being respected and valued in the workplace, and then I can open up and I can, you know engage with you and vice versa and learn about you and how you best work. And okay, I get a, a feel of that. Now I know how to work with you um, again. You can have different identities. You can have different religions, different backgrounds, but you can still come together and work together on that cause and be respectful of one another.
0: Okay, There, there was some safe zones here, oh, five, six, seven years ago, like at college campuses. And, and I'm near and dear to my heart. The University of Michigan, Ann Arbor was one of those. Um, is what you're just talking about going out, these communities now getting out into the smaller communities. Is this kind of like a subset of, are we are we attempting to establish communities for the LGBTQ plus community where there's a, actually a safe zone in every city in the country? Is that what we want?
1: Ideally, I mean, because we, we are everywhere. That's one of the, the things you hear. So oh, right. we're everywhere. But truly we are. I mean, every corner. Maybe someone's not necessarily out and participating in pride, praise and things, but they are there. They're a member of your community. They're LGBTQ, whether you know it or not. Um, so we do exist. And like I said, there are certain equity pieces that need to be in place for them to thrive in a city. And so what I would love to see in, in these smaller towns like St. George is people coming in. And yes, even though it's a smaller town, there is this vibrant community that you can become a part of. And you don't have to think about then leaving. So a lot of the youth I was working with, um, you know, if you're looking at like 18 to 25, 26-year-olds. They don't see St. George as a long-term fit for them because they don't feel welcome. They don't feel included. So their first opportunity to get out, they do. But it is very possible if we build this community here, then people don't have to leave these small towns. Maybe they're not a city person, but that's where they're sort of dragged to because of that's, you know, where they can be who they are without judgment.
0: And that, that and you based on your research and your understanding is that is happening. It takes a long time, but it is happening in these smaller communities. right St. George is one of those.
1: Exactly. all these smaller communities are now growing. people are spilling out of the bigger cities like San Francisco. Uh, I came from Portland, Oregon. Uh, oh my goodness <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. Yes. so it's like okay we're we're, we're yeah. then spreading out into smaller towns <laughs> and yeah
0: all right, that's great. that's great. I hate to say this to you. this always happens to us. Uh, I just got the high sign. So before we for, before we leave, uh, I'd like for you because we mentioned you mentioned it in the first segment, but I think some of the listeners maybe just tuned in on the second segment. the The consulting group that you put together and the get access. Can you give us that website and the name again, and that so people that are listening can go after and, and actually contact you or contact your organization.
1: Yeah, seek out the resources and right. education. That's that's what I'm passionate about. So I try to keep the website simple. It's lgbtqworkplace.com okay. so, lgbtqworkplace.com like I said come out and support us with the Pride Festival here with Pride of Southern Utah volunteer, be a sponsor as a business um, and that's prideofsouthernutah.org
0: fantastic uh, Katie Perkins, thank you so much for coming in. Yeah. Thank you for having it's, me. It's, it just opened us up. I just got, isn't it funny? You're reading a magazine in an airliner and I think of you, it, <laughs> just, it came up <laughs> you know, about this corporate sponsorship and I said, how does this all work? And then ironically, I see this article from, that you just had published. I go, oh my gosh. So here you are. And thank Perfect. you very much for taking time and coming. Yeah. Thank you. Uh, this is a, uh, this is a wonderful thing. Uh, we're moving forward as a human race. Exactly. Okay. Society you're is one, progressing. Yes. You're one of those keys, the Thank people you. that are involved. I in try. That. That's great. Ladies and gentlemen, that concludes tips for this week, uh, topics, issues, and positions on KDXI 100.3 FM. Uh, you can hear this uh, program at 3 o'clock on Friday, every Friday, and also you'll hear rebroadcast of this program tomorrow, Saturday at 5 p.m. Of course, if you want to pick up and look at the beautiful face of uh, Katie Perkins, you can pick us up on Facebook, Twitter, YouTube. Uh, let me think now. Podcast. PodBeans Beans are affiliate with podcast. And Alexis, uh, I guess you just have to say Radio St. George tips and ask for LGBTQ pride. That's what we're going to label this one. And, uh, so listen until next week, uh, I'm not going to tell you, I never do what the topic's going to be next week. Cause I want it to be a surprise, but your input's very valuable to us and we listen to you and that's why we bring the speakers in that we do just like we uh, brought in Katie Perkins for today's show. Ladies and gentlemen, please have a safe and enjoyable, uh, weekend and a week coming up and, uh, we'll see you and, and, uh, you can see us or hear from us uh, on KDXI 100.3 next Friday at 3 PM. Thank you.